Embrace the day with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Welcome back to the program. You're with Tracy Mack. It is uh, 24 minutes past 10 here on Newcastle Live. It's a little bit overcast out there. The rain is certainly already here. It wasn't forecast to hit us until later this afternoon, but it's here, which once again proves that the Bureau of Meteorology has got no idea what's going on. None whatsoever. Joining me in the studio are two absolutely exceptional human beings, uh, both very talented in, uh, in what they do. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to Newcastle Live. They've both been on Newcastle Live previously. Carl Caulfield, good morning and welcome back. Thank you very much. Great to see you, Tracy. Thank, thank you. And the wonderful, incredible Melinda Smith. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Uh, what an intro. Hard to live up I to. Know. It's downhill all the way. <laughs> all the way, you reckon? Oh, Michael's laughing already. Yeah, well, Michael laughs anyway. Uh, that's right. It's lovely to have you both uh, in the studio. Now, uh, we're here because we're talking about a, uh, a new play called Creativity that you have, uh, you have written, Mr. Caulfield. That's now, right. It's a bit of a poke at uh, at uh, the establishment, I suppose, is is one way of describing it. But it's a it's a bit of a uh, a satire around uh, where we're sitting creatively and and as a world at the moment. Okay. Tell me a little bit about uh, about creativity. I think you're right. I do like a good poke. You do like um, a good poke, and you've hit the na- <laughs> nail on the head there. Um, it's it it is it is a comedy. It's a satire, and it's it's. It's about a music conservatorium that is uh, fighting for its survival. So uh, beneath all the the satire, I suppose there's also high stakes drama. Um, But um, I think uh, it should resonate. And uh, yeah, I'm having I'm I'm having a look at uh, things that worry me, I suppose, as well as uh, try to entertain an audience. What made you want to write this play? I mean, I know uh, we've spoken last time you were in about uh, you know, the many plays you've written over the time and those that have been sitting in the brain for, for a little while. What made you write Creativity? Well, I, I wanted to sort of deal with um, the, the, the state of the arts, particularly within the university context, and I thought that would be a great metaphor by looking at a music conservatorium and you had the kind of universal language of music that most, most of us understand as being... Uh, a wonderful uh, kind of therapy um, and panacea for the world, um, and I thought if we if we if we put that in into a context where things were being decimated, uh, and this uh, orchestra and um, teaching institution was fighting for its survival and having to sort of prove itself, I thought we could look at lots of interesting concerns. And I also thought that um, a palatable way of, of doing it would be to have music as live music. And I thought that was an interesting challenge for me to kind of write with a, a musical ensemble and to bring in as much music. And then the undercurrent is you've got this questioning about the value of it. Um, and I suppose it's me reacting to, you know, what I'm interested in. The thing that I'm passionate about and makes my life a joy is is the power of art, whether it be drama or whether it be music. But the play is very much about a celebration of creativity and the transformational power of music. Um, but there's also that uh, questioning of it and the sense that it could be under threat. And, and I was writing at a time when I, f- I, I felt that. 
that strongly. It's really art imitating life, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, the strange thing was that I started working with this wonderful cast and they, uh, and things that I'd written sort of maybe a year or two before started to happen, you know. <laughs> so there was this strange uh, kind of thing of say, picking up do, on things. Do we need to do the disclaimer that, uh, you know, that we see at the end of, uh, of every movie that uh, this is a work of fiction. It is not intended to uh, to cast aspersions upon any institution, organisation or person therein. It's cer- it's certainly not not about anything specific. It's, it's looking at what I see as a kind of universal mm-hmm. problem. You could set this play in the UK or, or a- any other place and you would have the same uh, sort of issues. Um, it's not based on anybody. It's a fictional uh, university. It's in, in Australia. And you only have to look around Australia and see that um, this kind of thing is, is happening. So, but it's, it's not, uh, there are no individuals that uh, inside the play that I've based uh, anything on. And even if it was, we're not saying that anyway. We wouldn't anyway, no, but no. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a work of the imagination. And the satire is sometimes pitched to a level where you, you exaggerate things. Yeah, you really do. Mel Smith, uh, welcome back. It's lovely to have you here. Now, I uh, obviously a lot of people know you as uh, as Melinda Smith, you know, the PR person, the newsreader. But, uh, you know, you and I, when I we chatted with uh, Where Are They Now, you know, 18 months ago, we were talking about your love of... Um, your love of uh, all sorts of, of, of performance. Thank you, Michael. That's the word I was looking for, of all sorts of performance. Um, what's made you want to do this play? Well, I had, I had a phone call, um, actually, from Felicity Biggins, who is um, Carl's uh, better, better better half, half. And, uh, and our uh, producer. And so it was one of those wonderful opportunities that, uh, that come along. And she said, oh, look, um, you know, we've got this role. It's actually two roles. So I, it's, it's a double bonus for me, completely different characters in each, um, each act. And she said, is this something you'd be interested in doing? And I said, well, look, send me the script. Let me have a read of it. Mm. And I read it and said, absolutely. So, um, and I haven't done, uh, I haven't done something for about four years. So the last is it one that I did. long? Yeah, wow. the last. And my, my, um, Love is musical Musicals, theater. Yeah, I do love drama. I actually started, um, and your producer Michael and I go way back. So when I, I'm I'm a Tamworth girl, when I first came to Newcastle in the mid '80s, um, I had a, lo- a love of drama through um, high school, and uh, I wanted to join a, a dramatic group. And somebody at MBN, because I started as a, a young cadet there, suggested Newcastle Repertory Theatre. So I took myself over there, and they had this wonderful program, which I think still exists where you have the club nights and you can go along and directors kind of you know you, you put on a little um a little performance and they sort of suss you out for shows and I went on to do a couple of productions with uh with the old rep club and met Michael there so we we do go back a long way and that was fantastic and then I was introduced to musicals and did a lot of uh, work with metropolitan players and because I came from a musical drama background that to me is you know the perfect fusion mm. But I do love um, dramatic works. But the bonus in this is, 
as it's described, it's a play with, with music. music. So, you yeah. know... The, yeah. you, it was made yeah. for you. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's a little bit close to home, the character that I play in the first act. And she's playing it incredibly well. <laughs> it's, it's worrying. It's a media PR type person. Oh, goodness gracious. So, you know, that's... A, that's um, is it the cliché media Absolutely. PR person? That's gold, pure gold. And I actually said to uh, Carl, I think I've actually said that to some clients over <laughs> my years. Um, and I the, just said, be yourself. <laughs> well, I do, no, no well, I do ra- raise it a little bit. I'd, I'd hate to think I was um, that um, that on and intense with my clients, a little bit more relaxed <laughs> yeah. in my uh, mature years. And uh, the character in the second half, completely different. Um, and that's, you know, that's just a joy mm. as an actor to have that opportunity. I'm so. excited to see the audience response to the other character. She's ruthless. <laughs> really? Oh, God. Without yeah. feelings. Mm. Oh. Mm. Well, some could say that's a PR person as well at times. <laughs> yeah, we've all met those sort of people in, in state departments of the arts <laughs> who just go, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can see them sharpening their knives. Um, it is. It, it's quite. Uh, as I said, it, it's art imitating life, isn't it, Mel? Because uh, you and I have both been around. Uh, you know, the arts and the humanities, and uh, you know, we've we've seen what's happened to the media in this uh, mm. in this city. We've seen what's happened to the arts in this city. Is it the right time for a place such as this to be uh, to be really making headlines? Is it a time for us to really look at where we sit as a, as a society and what we value? It's a time to keep asking questions, and this play poses questions. So I love works that you you contemplate, you consider, and you're asking questions, and that that has to be healthy. So because that leads to conversations. And we need to keep talking. Um, we could look at we could look at the arts and and you know the proposed future and get quite glum. I'm a little bit encouraged with the change of government. We actually have an arts minister <laughs> reinstated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's a good thing. If you look at you know the last decade, um, I have a daughter. She's gone into the arts. You know, probably at the most challenging time, where um, there's really very little government support and subsidies for those courses. They're all heading over to STEM. Um, so it's a challenge in and of itself, let alone graduating and then trying to come out and find mm. work in an industry. You know, that's that's very stretched. But the question I always ask when I think, you know, if we want to just put a little bit of um, politics into it is I wonder where the politics think that the paintings they purchase, the music mm. they listen to, the shows that they want to go and see, where where does that come from? I mean, the, the arts... It, uh, music, drama, fine art, they're disciplines. So they need to be learned. Um, you need to study them. They're crafts. Mm. It, people have natural talent? Absolutely. But if Absolutely. you want to go deeper, um, you know, all you'd be surprised how many pop artists are classically trained musos. So now, the Billy uh, Joel's, the Elton John's. That's they're, they're right. All Paul McCartney, trained. Pete Townsend, yeah. Ray Davis mm. of the Kinks, most of them went to art school. The crossover between art and pop and how rich that is has been incredible. Um, well, well said, Melinda, but I think it's a great question. I, th- I think it's perfect timing, uh, and I think Melinda's answered it well, which is we all need to be part of the conversation. This play is there to entertain, but but it's also there, make no mistake, to stir up debate um, because these are things, uh, you know, these institutions, the people running them are meant to be custodians. They're not they meant that. to be kind of doing 
what they do without any proper consultation. And I think uh, the more we get involved, uh, we all know now that we're sort of moving towards some understanding of people power. Uh, let's let's bring that on. Let's bring that on in terms of looking at our institutions, because there are lots of institutions, not just universities, that we need to shine a light on and uh, have a conversation about whether it's aged care institutions, uh, the church, whatever. Let's just open up mm-hmm. the conversation so that we can all be part of it. I think it's, uh, as you say, you know, the change in government, I think, has rocked a lot of people to the core. I don't think they uh, they truly realised how strong people power has become. Um, you know, I uh, I was part of the rally that happened um, overnight on the foreshore about abortion, and you know, people are saying, "Well, why do, why does what happens in the U.S. matter here?" Because eventually, it feeds down into here, and uh, and the creatives and the arts and the humanities. It is, it is exactly the same. They began to shut those down. They began to take funding away from those areas. And now we are where we are. It's, it's exactly that, isn't it? We need, to, we need people power. That's a great po- point about art is that um, it, 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 it banishes silence. And I think, obviously, tyrants are always uh, very wary of, of art and uh, laughter and the liberating forces that come from uh, self-expression and collective expression. And I think they're really important, um, not just for nurturing individuals and the choices that they may have in their lives, but just as a kind of humanizing force. You know, any art form, it's chicken soup for the soul. And I think when we question it, it's, it's akin to questioning one's breathing. Mm. You know, why do we breathe? Why do we why do we have art? I mean, sort of let's move on. It's the 21st century. Let's kind you of think open so. up. No, uh, those mm-hmm. retrograde forces and the things that you're discussing, though, um, uh, we need to we, we all need to get get galvanized on those those issues. It is. It's quite horrific. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. In the studio with me are Carl Caulfield and Melinda Smith, and we're talking about the incredibly wickedly funny satire creativity, which is uh, is about to uh, to hit the stage here in Newcastle and The Hunter. Mel, one of the big things, obviously, that uh, that has been really galvanising a lot of people at the moment is uh, truly great teachers and how uh, how we're treating them here in, in Australia or the lack of the way that we treat them here in Australia. That's one thing that uh, that this play also you know touches on the fact that truly great passionate teachers are just so important to to not only the future of our of our world but the future of our arts and our humanities as well. Do you find that exciting to be part of this play and to be really, I suppose, um, putting the shining the light on on teachers as well? Absolutely, and I think the passion. You know, what, what's the saying? Uh, teaching is a calling. So really good teachers, you know, it's coming from, they do it because they have to and they they can um, share their knowledge and their love and their passion. And a really great uh, example of that is I could challenge anyone to think back primary school years, high school years, tertiary years. You know, you, if I asked who 
made you, um, you know, who, who helped you in your studies, who mentored you mm. through, what subjects did you like? I can almost guarantee you liked them because you had a great teacher. Absolutely. Um, I know with me, you know, I sort of swayed towards the humanities. I wish I could have done better at maths and science, but I have to say that teachers, you know, they probably tried, mm. but my teachers in history and English and drama and they're just passionate about what they did and they make us feel like I think they ignite that want to learn and grow within us and that's that's really special right and that happens with a connection and and you're right teachers just make such a difference and and they do it the really great teachers do it because they love it and we know that because they're out striking at the moment Mm. saying hang on we put up with these um, conditions but moving forward you know we've really got to take Mm. them a little bit more seriously I think you know teachers nurses uh, frontline uh, services ambos paras uh, Mm. honestly if, if the last two years have taught us nothing it's the value that they have um, in our communities and society in general. And I think we've got to really take that on board moving forward. I'm really worried. And as well, I I love the fact that you're doing this, Carl, because I really worry about the future of, you know, where are our teachers coming from? Where are our next lot of of classical artists coming Mm. from? Where Mm. are our next lot of art teachers coming from? You know, there there is no reason at the moment. I I know that there is no way known to man that I would say to my 15-year-old, go into teaching. Now, she has shown an interest in teaching, but, man, you know, I... I well, this, this play is a celebration yeah. of mm. passionate teachers, and Melinda's just sort of uh, uh, articulated well the, the impact. Um, and this, this play is, is, is about the transformational power of both music and art, but also particularly the passion of teachers and, and uh, you know, all the more worrying that um, there are obstacles put in their way um, and the sort of freedom to kind of explore uh, the range of their teaching and their expertise is being whittled away in the play. So you're getting, for example, somebody who is an expert in the music of Scarlatti. Uh, that course is chopped. Not mm. enough bums on seats. And uh, so that the, they're all, the, it, it's fighting against a kind of utilitarianism um, and questioning of the value of those things. And uh, I, I, um, I think I think if we can all get involved in that discussion. Uh, it will be to the benefit of us all. I think so. I absolutely agree with you. Now, uh, Carl, we're going to uh, we're going to ask a very tough question now. Okay. A very tough question. You ready? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> okay. Right. So um, this is obviously it's a production between Stray Dogs and uh, and the Civic Theatre in Newcastle. Now the producer is uh, is Felicity Biggins, well mm. known, well loved, adored, lover to death. <laughs> uh, how is it working with your wife? Uh, um, look, I, I've got to admit, we've been working together for a long time now, and so it's mostly, <laughs> mostly uh, a joy. Um, because you, you do what you're told? Well, for the most part, I mean, um, I've, I've been upbraided once or two. I'm being really honest now. Uh, I've been upbraided once or, once or twice because I, I sort of get sort of quite tense at the start of rehearsals until I think the work's getting done and and then I start to uh, relax a bit more and I'm reaching a stage now where 
I'm, I've ta I'm taking my foot off the accelerator, Tracy, but in some of those early rehearsals, I was told in no uncertain terms by the producer that I was being stroppy. Uh, so That's not um, you, Carl, really? No, it's not me. Really? I, thank you very much. I, oh, I'm, I'm shocked uh, at that. You know, I, 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 but, you know, when, when, you, when you are kind of that close to somebody, uh, you know, the intimacy means that they can kind of occasionally honest, yeah. uh, give you a boot in the balls, you know what I'm saying? Or, or can withdraw certain parental... A parental, um, marital, you know, absolutely. benefits, I suppose, absolutely. is, is well, the word I'm looking for. you know, that, that's, that's been known. In, in other words, you know, you're in the dog kennel tonight. And, uh, but for the most part, because, I mean, look, Felicity directed the first play I ever had produced. So I think um, we're still working we're together. We're still married. And we're still married. Mm. So I guess uh, it must be working. But to say that it's uh, always conflict-free would be disingenuous. Hmm. How what about you, Mel? What do you think? Observing cast member. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Who, who still to be, wants to keep her job? Who happens to be partisan in her sect, but it, anyway. It's, um, it's really interesting to watch, but I have to say overall, I think they're the yin and the yang. They are, they complement each other so well, and it's... Um, there's a good working relationship there and, and you can tell that, that you completely understand each other and sometimes mm -hmm. there's some telepathic communication going on. But it's it's all for the sake of the show and any contribution made, I think, from Felicity is to enhance what's already oh, a great mm. product. Um, so oh, it's wonderful. You. And for the cast, I mean, it's just uh, it's a value add because we've mm. kind of got two directors working side mm. by side. I mean, Carl directs. But Felicity, I think, can stand back and because she's so experienced in what she does. And, you know, when you look at something through a different set of eyes, yeah, and you no, think, I trust hang her on opinion. a minute, yeah. what, what if we did this or how would that work? And often Carl will say, that's a great idea. Yeah, mm. that's great because he's so... Um, you know, ensconced in what you're doing I'm the, and I'm completely right in the wood. committed. Right in the yeah, wood. whereas um, Felicity can kind of just stand back. But it's only, it's really sprinkles, isn't it? It's, I mean, you know, we all know who the director is, Come. Uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> of, but, of course um, we do. Her, her, her um, uh, contribution is invaluable, yeah, though. And as Melinda said, sometimes, you know, Felicity can just spot things. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, we're, we're, again, Melinda has hit the nail on the head there. It's what the work demands. Mm. You do have to reach a stage where you lose your ego. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's about serving the work, I think. Mm. It's like Stanislavski said, love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. Which oh, that's nice very one. deep. I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. He's already shared that with the cast. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Now, Just so that we all stay grounded. Before we finish, Mel, um, you were uh, when we were outside, we were talking uh, off air about you know classical music and pop music and hip hop and all of that. And you have a line in the uh, in the play that I'd love you to repeat for me. Could you uh, could you go for that one, please? We all know it has to go. The classical bourgeois shit. Hip hop's the future. I love it. That's, that is it. It's nailed it right on the head. It is creativity. And uh, I, uh, I very much thank my, uh, my guests for joining me in the studio this morning. Carl Caulfield, thank you. 
pleasure good, as good always Mel thank Smith you. thank you so much for your time Thanks, I, uh, I really appreciate it it is creativity and it opens uh, it opens next week it is uh, July Friday the 8th of July 8 o'clock it runs right through until uh, Saturday the 16th of July if you would like to head along make sure you uh, go to the Civic Theatre in Newcastle grab your tickets there it just looks fantastic it sounds wonderful the cast is amazing Lou Chapman who is uh, well known to our, uh, our listeners here is a part of it. Uh, so too Anne Hartziker. It is uh, Nola Wallace. It is just an incredible cast and uh, it is well worth your time. Directed by Carl Caulfield. Of course the uh, the producer is Felicity Biggins. Make sure you grab your tickets. And in a celebration of all things Newcastle and musical what better way to uh, to finish up than Silverchair with tomorrow. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.